Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Here we are again, Taylor. That was fast. <laughs> Kraft warned us. I'm going to guess there's some people who are going to join us here on this stream who are tired of seeing my mug. I'll tell you that um, with the Celtics stuff and with all that's going on. Celtics back-to-back games and then massive breaking news regarding the Patriots. But we have it again. Another, um, another. I, I'm not going to call it a bombshell. Um, uh, what was expected, I guess, how quickly it happened. Um, I thought they'd try to give it time because they wanted it to, you know, to give Bill his moment and let mm-hmm. it breathe. And knowing that Mayo was going to be the successor, there's really no rush to announce it. But mm-hmm. everyone kind of had it yesterday once it was reported and learned that the Patriots had already put uh, language in place in their uh, contract with Mayo and filed it with the league to let them know that he was part of a succession plan and basically had already been pre-selected as the next head coach mm-hmm. of the organization. Uh, and uh, that was submitted to the league, and that allows them to circumvent Rooney rule practices and just mm-hmm. kind of jump right to the, you know, have Mayo jump right to the head of the line. League had okayed it. Now, theoretically, Taylor, they could have, um, they could have still said no and gone in another direction, but that would have been an issue between Mayo and the Patriots. The league, as far as they were concerned, the Patriots could have gone in either direction. It's very clear. Kraft has been set on this for a long time. Um, and I don't I, I'm I'm guessing he didn't think that hard about it, uh, even when Mike Vrabel's name came up, which was unexpected. Maybe he took pause. But I think this has been the path. Um, it got here sooner than people expected. Uh, and now it's here. So I'm not going to call you a flip flopper, per se, but I'm going to say you were Team Mayo. You might have jumped out for a second or two, but mm-hmm. yeah. you, but you like Mayo and you like this hire. And one thing, I was never, like, anti-Mayo. My only real hesitation, one, like, when the Vrabel news came out, again, I think it was valid for there to be some level of, hmm, that's intriguing. And then on top of it, when it was reported that Adam Peters and him might have, you know, been, it wasn't officially a package deal, but they were being connected in reports. So my brain kind of went to, okay, well, then you have a guy with experience and a proven track record, and he may have a general manager coming with him. That's pretty exciting. But the entire time, my thinking was that if the Crafts think Mayo's ready, like the biggest thing is that he isn't experienced and there's going to be, you know, as we talked about yesterday, no one's going to be right because we don't know until he actually coaches some games and we see how the team responds, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, I swung back to the Mayo side because that was my whole worry was maybe the Crafts don't think it's quite his time yet. Maybe he needs another couple of years of cooking. Uh, but if the language was in his contract, that they were like, yeah, no, as soon as Bill's done, you're our guy. I looked up the report from Ian Rappaport. This only happened three other times where it was put in language uh, so you could bypass the Rooney rule and have a coach be the successor. It happened with the Ravens GM Eric DaCosta. Uh, the Colts did it with Jim Caldwell, and the Seahawks did it with Jim Mora. So, I mean, not something that happens very often. Clearly shows a lot of faith in Mayo. The locker room absolutely loves him. Like, you know, there was some worry where, again, I keep emphasizing that I know people 
some people want a clean break from Bill Belichick. But I think on the defensive side, that's not really what you want. You want continuity because that was the side that was keeping them in games and made them competitive. Now you have someone that was building the game plans, running the meetings, and someone that players have a massive amount of respect for. There's obviously a ton of other vacancies that they're going to have to fill and other moves that need to be made. But it was a pretty, you know, it's pretty obvious that they have a ton of faith in Mayo that they <laughs> didn't even let the Bill Belichick, you know, have more than a day. He had his day yesterday, but Okay, Kraft said he was going to move quickly, and now we've got the news, and I'm I'm pretty fired up. I think this is really exciting. Well, so and again, I I'm going to go back to what I always I'm going to I have my two thoughts. I believe Mayo has the uh, has the has the uh, players um, mm-hmm. uh, in his corner. I don't think that's I think everyone who's ever played with him, I think anyone who's played under him, uh, recognizes kind of his what he brings, and they like mm-hmm. him, and I think they'll play for him. We talked about how daunting it is, but I have no problem hiring an assistant and having somebody say, all right, go for it, do your thing. So it's not that that he's inexperienced. I don't mind inexperience. Um, It's like I said, is everything he's learned from coaching, he's learned from Bill. That doesn't mean he's going to do it that way. It's very possible. Mm -hmm. What you learned is what you learned to not do. Like, Mm -hmm. I see this, and there's plenty of people in that position. You, You learn under a boss or a supervisor. You take everything that's good from it. But you have your own ideas and your own thoughts, and I'm guessing Mayo's going to be one of that guy, one of those guys. So I'm not prepared to say I had said flush everything. My fear is allegiances, whatever's left over here. I want a guy to come in with a new staff and a new perspective and new energy. I didn't want a lot of carryover because I just think everything was po- the the well had been poisoned for several years whether the infighting people looking at each other and look there's a bunch of guys who are going to leave anyway and mayo is going to you know bring in his guys i didn't want that much carryover cuz i don't want it to feel like half you know half a makeover um mm-hmm. i i really did think once you're gone from belichick you got to go something new mayo may be that new thing i'm curious what he does with the staff my number one takeaway is and we, you and I have talked about this, this is less important than the next move, which is who's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, so I, 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 it's not lost in it. There's plenty of people in the comments who say this and a lot of people understand it, but who replaced it's so hard when you're replacing one person with two people and who does the other part of Belichick's job is what all of us will con- will, will, you know, concede is the issue with bill that, the players the players build i mean we've said it so many times for so many years it's boring saying it again but bill the gm screwed bill the coach we all believe Mm -hmm. bill can still game plan strategize prepare a team like no other it was evidence that he had not lost the room so bill's curmudgeonly ways and no fun sort of atmosphere guys still played for him because the respect was always there i do believe that people always thought that to the last day what bill is doing is giving us the best chance to win even when he was super conservative with the offense and this and that it's what he believes we have and i think anything that bill didn't do with the offense or anything conservative that they were doing is really more a reflection of we know we're bad so we just got to not turn the ball over and see if our defense can keep us in this game see if we can sneak out a win he knew it that's how he coached all year. They still showed up for him. But that next hire is a big, big, big deal. And I wonder, mm-hmm. do you think they have it set already, Taylor? I think there's a lot of options. So one, you know, reports have really come out, especially I believe it was Albert Breer reported yesterday, 
how, and we already knew this, but it was reiterated that Bill Belichick was overruling a lot of his scouts who were building relationships on the road and really liked certain players, AJ Brown and um, Debo obviously come to mind because they apparently were really close. So on their visits, they were comfortable and joking around with each other. And Bill thought that that was a problem and that they weren't taking it seriously. Instead, Nikhil Harry had a great interview and obviously he... Belichick had a relationship with Herm Edwards and then was just like, I don't really care about all the work that you guys have put in on the road, spent time away from your families, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to take my guy and see how that worked out. So we really don't know how effective their current front office who's left could be without him. So we don't know if it means that Matt Groh gets a promotion. We don't know if they bring back Dave Ziegler, who obviously didn't work out with the Raiders, but it was also reported that he didn't work out because Josh McDaniels was overruling him, even though Ziegler brought McDaniels to Vegas, which is pretty wild. Uh, you also got Elliot Wolf. He could get a promotion within the building. But one person, if Robert Kraft wants to go to Gerard Mayo and say, I want you to bring in someone who you have a close relationship with that you can like, you know, grow with and you know maybe start a new regime with, that could be Trey Brown. So Trey Brown, uh, he spent a few years with the team. I'll pull up his resume right now. I tweeted it just so I'm not saying anything wrong. Um, yes. So he um, has a relationship with Mayo. One, that's pretty big. So that was kind of like what I was talking about with Vrabel and Adam Peters, how they had a relationship. The current version would be Mayo and Trey Brown. So Trey Brown was a scouting assistant and area scout for the Patriots from 2010 to 2012. Most recently, he was the senior personnel executive for the Bengals for a few years, and he also rose up the ranks in Philly's front office from 2013 to 2018, obviously when it, around the time they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So he's a guy who has, you know, you talk about you want to get fresh eyes in the building. That's someone who, one, also has a history of drafting receivers, putting a lot of stock into them and drafting them well, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, yada, yada, yada. And he also has success with the Eagles, who have also had success, I mean, across the board. And he's with the Bengals. I'm sorry. And he was with the Patriots. So championship ties. He's got his New England, you know, Mayo connections, but he also worked elsewhere. So I really do think that they're in a good position where, again, they can either uh, promote internally and keep that continuity of Kraft thinks that there were good decisions that could have been made in the past that weren't because of Bill Belichick's influence. Or, again, if they want to ask Mayo who he wants to grow with and he says, I have a relationship with this guy, he's got outside experience, I'd like to see what he can bring to the table, they can go with Trey Brown. So it's not as daunting a task as I think it might seem when you first think about it because there's so many things that need to be filled and there's still question marks with the offense. You know, this isn't a done deal, but they already have their head coach and a lot of teams are still interviewing people. Vrabel hasn't even taken an interview yet. So I think they're in a good spot and they have plenty of options that are, uh, you know, that fit the craft. Um, mold where they like to keep things in-house or have some sense of continuity. Fair enough. Uh, but I guess ultimately, uh, how do you know that these guys can do it? It's relationships are one thing. This is the leap of faith that like is very scary, right? Because yeah, like, but the relationships I think are big because like just look at in New York where you know Brian Dable doesn't get along uh, with his uh, that was more of uh, his defensive coordinator. But when you have tensions where the head coach doesn't really get along with the general manager, that's where things start to split. But the good organizations like the 49ers, like the Chiefs, the head coach and the general manor, manager work in tandem. And obviously, a lot of these are projections because these guys haven't been general managers yet. So there's going to be speculation, but we don't know. We truly don't. We're just going to have to, you know, see what their resumes are. You can either have confidence based on those, or you can, you know, have your questions. Those are both valid. And then we're just going to have to see how they end up executing. So, I mean, there's going to be some level of, I don't really know what could happen, especially when you talk about guys in the Patriots front office, because Belichick had an iron grip on everything that happened and was able to tell people, yeah. I don't really care what you think. Yeah. And look, I, I, I think, 
that's going to be the thing. And like so much of this is is how it's reported. And, it, it, you know, we don't know, but you're going to trust some people, you know, um, and I'm sure it's not the entire picture, but the general vibe around Bill was um, that I, it's not lack of collaboration. It was, as you said, like the final say is the final say. Um, and that's how bosses operate. Give me options. I'm going to make the pick. But yep. as you said, in the Nikhil Harry situation, you got to kind of either respect or defer, you know, at times to the people who have put in the work, right? You know, so like if you're running stride for stride with the people out there and you're doing close to the same amount of work or you're studying and scrutinizing all of this, um, then maybe, yeah, look, hey, I've looked at all of this stuff too. My take is slightly different. I think Harry's better than Debo, but it's not. It's based on small things and whims and conversations. The worst part is, well, I talked to another guy who I trust more than you, who coached him or knew him, and I'm taking his word over yours. And that's not a great way to develop a staff and people who want to go out there and do it. So you can't really do that stuff, you know, uh, Taylor. I think that, that that's the kind of thing where, you know, you've seen the brain drain in terms of coaches uh, and other, you know, front office staff. Uh, and I, I think there is a general vibe that people who worked under here weren't allowed to kind of express themselves or grow or, you know, taken seriously. And it was all kind of not under the iron fist. And again, almost all of this is what it's exactly the same thing as we talked about where the things that made him great attention to detail, control over everything, having his hands in all of it and this and that, which made him this coaching monster that was, you know, able to do everything that he did during the course of these 20 or so years uh, is ends up being the downfall when things start going wrong, because you're just, you're used to being right. He was, mm -hmm. he was, he's always done this. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe he's slowed. Maybe his fastball is slowed. Maybe because the team has been so bad, his attention to de his attention to what happens, scheming and game planning to not embarrass themselves on the field has detracted so much from his ability to even look around and see like, you think he's watched a college game this year? Would he have been ready to draft? Like, no, it, it's a just being an NFL head coach is the, probably one of the most time-consuming jobs in America. I don't know how you do a dual role, you know? You really have to be, I would imagine, Taylor, 80 to 90%, you got to, this is the classic case of hire the people you trust and do what they tell you to do. You can't just be coming in and saying, nah, you can't do it. It's, you, it's you're coming from an uninformed <clears throat> place in that. And it's, I, I, I think that that's tough. Yeah, and NBC Sports Boston's Phil Perry asked Bill about this during the season. He was like, how much involvement do you have in personnel during the season? And, you know, Bill was saying the right things where he's like, I, I'm really not involved because I'm a head coach. That takes up most of my time. If they ask me questions, I get my feedback. But he really made it seem like he was not involved in the personnel department during the season, which makes it even more glaring when there's people who spend all of that time doing the work and the time after that when you start getting involved. And in your limited – obviously, you know, Bill Belichick, limited perspective. It's kind of a loaded take to have. But, I mean, he doesn't spend as much time as the scouts do. So that made it even more jarring when Belichick himself is admitting that I – I'm not spending a ton of time on the personnel side outside of like meetings and getting updates and all that. But you're saying, no, I don't really value your opinion. It's like, so why are you hiring these people? What's the point? Why are they, why are they, 
taking on one of the hardest jobs where you're, uh, I've said this so many times, but I cannot emphasize enough. You're away from your family. You're constantly traveling. It's a very difficult and strenuous job to be a road scout. And then they put in all this work for years where you're building up portfolios on all these players and getting to know them and building relationships. And then it's all for not. So that's another thing with Mayo that I'm excited about is you finally have someone I feel like who will show respect. And, you know, he's talked about his, um, I'll actually read something where I asked him a couple weeks ago about his background in business and being outside of football and what kind of perspective that gives him. And he mentioned, he feels like he's ready. He said he could talk to men, women, old, young, white, black, it doesn't matter. And hopefully develop those people into upstanding citizens and help them evolve. I feel like my calling is to develop. So he understands the value in people and it's not all about him. And especially as a former player, I think he'll have a better appreciation for one, how to treat people. The fact that it's not like Belichick where you start icing people out and you have this really small circle of people you trust, but then you leave others out and start making them feel like they're not important. I think that's a lot of the things that started to fray the organization, especially it's fine when everything works because you're like, how am I going to say no to a guy who just won three Super Bowls in four years? But it's different when the best quarterback in history leaves and then the success just poof, it's gone. And you don't have as many explanations and the Bill Belichick luster kind of goes away a bit. So it's, it's another reason why this hiring is really exciting because I think the way Mayo treats people and handles and carries himself will be a significant difference. And I think attract people who are in the building and are doing well to want to stay and develop under him rather than maybe wanting to go elsewhere because they know that there's a limit on how high they can get. Yep. No doubt about it. Um, and so I, you know, I'm not going to say I have not done my scouting work on this particular thing that I'm going to bring up here, but I was very curious to see, um, you know, a lot, like a lot can be kind of conveyed by, you know, what's said after someone is gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, and in terms of someone like Bill, my general vibe was massive respect um from everybody who was around him still kind of maybe like just tired of it um Mm. and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who viewed it as who who have a a dueling opinion um like how good is you know like how good is he at doing what he what he does Mm. uh everyone would say yes how much did I like having him around or playing for him? Eh, you know, you saw the Amendola quote. We yeah. played, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, we worked for Bill and we played for Tom is very mm. telling to me. Yep. Okay. Uh, and it's not a knock, but it just t- things like that help take the temperature of the room for me. Um, mm. and I was kind of looking around to wonder how many flowers would be thrown out there, how many verbal bouquets from past and present towards Belichick on departure day. And I got to say it was less than I thought, but again, I didn't scrub the internet to make, see if anybody who's ever played for him said something on their Instagram, but just following along, I thought it would be a bigger, like what, you know? Mm. Um, And I didn't see it as much, not to say it didn't happen. And of course it did. And there was a lot of really nice tributes and everybody will acknowledge the goat, but I do believe that just the vibe and the temperature, you know, of things out there was, yeah, you know, like that whole kind of this had to this we had to get there. So Mayo mm-hmm. represents that refreshing new stuff. You talk about, you know, I talked about bringing in an outside vision, but I think bringing in a coach like Mayo 
completely changes the culture instantly mm -hmm. in the building. I'm curious as media members, what happens? Like I know the players and anybody playing under Bill and coaching under Bill understands how his stoicism paid off and understands the Patriots way of not giving bulletin board material and just keeping it to yourself, not getting too high, not getting too low. Don't praise yourself when you do well, just talk about getting better. There's a benefit to that because you're just not given anything out there that could potentially hurt you. Belichick took it to an a ludicrous degree with how little he would tell you. What'd you have yeah. for breakfast? I don't know. There were some things we had, some things we didn't have, some things I might have in the future. All in all, we're just trying to have a healthy meal. You know, we're going to keep working on it. Like, just tell us you had cereal. <laughs> it's not that serious. Uh, Sorry, my uh, my uh, my camera blinked out. Um, but I like that analogy though. You were you were cooking. <laughs> but Mayo Mayo represent. I'm curious because he's a big personality guy. Even in the small mm -hmm. times that you, I know you reposted the clip with him kind of laughing and joking about Hightower and maybe he's going to come in with my next guy. But that's still how he talks. That's how his vibe is. He's got a big personality. Mm -hmm. He's a fast talker. He's funny he's smart he's bright you know i'm curious how it's going to change across the board it's going to be felt i think everywhere in a very profound way very quickly that stuff gets old fast when you're when you don't have control of the what's happening on the football field um so there's the downside to being the affable players coach is you better have your shit together because you yeah. you could lose the room quick we'll see how that goes but the culture change is going to be automatic and, and, you know, I understand the hesitation of like the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I totally understand because usually it doesn't go well, but I think there are some important differences with Mayo. One thing that I don't think is going to be talked about a lot, because it may be an uncomfortable thing for people to discuss the fact that he is a black head coach. That is significant. Josh Uche said himself, I have a coach who looks like me. Players care about that. Having someone who has a shared background and a shared life experience, they care about that kind of thing. It makes it easier to relate to players, understand where they're coming from, talk to them about and young, things. And Belichick, and young. I think, and young. Yes, it's a completely different perspective. And look, who is one of the few coaches of the Belichick tree who actually had success away from the team? Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah. And what did players say about him? The same thing. It was very, very similar to Gerard Mayo, except I think Gerard's a little more charismatic and, you know, he's his own person. But this is very significant. So you also get the fact that, again, I think it is valuable that he got to learn under Bill because all the things that worked, why would you want to change? Like, obviously, you get to see what didn't work. And having played under him, it's a perspective that very few people have. And Vrabel, obviously, like, he got to play under Bill, but he also didn't see how Bill evolved or tried to evolve or didn't evolve as a head coach in his time away from the building. And I know it's easy to look at the experience with Bill and turn that into a negative. But be fair, acknowledge that, yes, maybe there are some things that will go poorly where, like, maybe he does pick up bad habits that he'll have to learn from. Acknowledge those fairly. But you can't just say, look at the bad and not take the good, where this is still a coach who people were saying shouldn't get fired because of he was still effective as a coach. It was the general manager's part that got him in trouble. So There's a lot to it. Want, There's more right, to and, it. And, and, and I agree with you 100%. People, and the way that he treated people was the biggest thing where he's not looking at Robert Kraft when they pass each other in the hall. I thought it was not crazy, but pretty damning that with Wes Welker, they wouldn't even look at each other. These That's guys so played each me. other twice a year. And obviously, like the foot thing, and you know, Wes was a smart ass and Bill didn't like that. They never got over it. Bill really did hold grudges. And the contract Brady. thing. Yeah. And the contract thing, Brady ended up leaving because he was sick of being antagonized, which you understand to a degree. You like everybody talks about it. Randy Moss talks about it. Anybody who was in the building with Brady will be like, yeah, it was crazy. Like Bill would light him up in front of the room and it would set the tone. 
But, you know, in, I, I, I think that there was also an element to that where Bill told him beforehand when it was going to happen. But when you are a six-time Super Bowl champion, 40-year-old Tom Brady, shit gets old, man. Like, it starts to wear on you, and it so, did. And, and so, that was the reason that he left. Well, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's pretty good math, right? That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. So that's the thing is, hey, look, I, I think you can make that case more if the players had kind of tuned it out because honestly i thought that might happen this year uh so to bill's credit he held it together mm -hmm. and i think that's out of deference and respect but you're yeah. right it's not relatable there was a recent article we we read um i i read was you know describing bill's personality and there's been stories in the media where like actually he's pretty funny he's kind of sort of dry funny which means he's not a robot but the reality is i forget which player it was but it was very much what you see, what you guys see is what we get. This is how he mm -hmm. communicates with us. Yeah. Robert said that yesterday. He's like, you guys know Bill as well as I do. I was like, what? Yeah. Why do we straight, know Bill as well as you do? <laughs> that that documentary, that do, the, 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 the special that came out and focused a lot on that 2009 team when, when, when they were going bad and Belichick's on the sideline saying to Brady, I can't figure out how to get these guys to play for me. There's a, there's a moment in that where Kraft walks in the room and they know the camera's on and Bill's like, what? You know, like he didn't want to talk to him. He's like, what are you doing here, old man? Like, are you lost? The bathroom's over here. Like, that's how he treated him. Like, can somebody come get their grand grandfather? Like, like he'd wandered off. He just didn't treat him like the owner of the franchises. If they were working in tandem, he's like, just you just pay people the money and let me do the work. Don't come into my office to tell me stuff. But look, the, the black head coach thing, the young black head coach thing, 
Yes, this is a league that's 60% black. In the NBA, it's a league that's 70-something percent black. This was a conversation that was had regarding Brad Stevens. I think it's something even Mm -hmm. Brad Stevens acknowledged and recognized about himself. I'm not the guy to lead these guys. They need a guy who's a little bit closer to them and Mm -hmm. who might see things with some similar perspective. That matters. Like Ime Udoka with granted it ended poorly for different reasons was a hard nosed player coach. Um, and you know, former, 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 uh, coach who played, um, and, you know, in his forties, not a 72 year old guy. So yes, that absolutely factors in and you're going to get a lot of people who, um, you know, feel more comfortable. Like they can talk to a guy, like he's talking to them, you know, you hear this a lot. Like, I want to be talked to like a man, not like mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, some employee or some whatever. Ultimately, they all have jobs to do. So it's a fine line between being the guy everybody likes and the guy everybody listens to. Uh, and that's fine. So I uh, agree with that point a thousand percent. Uh, Amit, I'm reading something here from uh, Ian yeah, I, I got the uh, I got the tweet up. So uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted, as the Patriots plot out a new direction and set out to hire a GM, a few names to consider with ties to New England. Former Raiders GM Dave Ziegler, former Titans GM John Robinson, Chiefs assistant GM Mike Borgonzi. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'll be totally honest. I've never heard it out loud. 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters and Bengals exec Trey Brown. So we mentioned a few of those names already. So, um, And one I- thing to kind of be worried about if you're talking about kind of the opposite of Trey Brown, where they value the wide receiver position and they invest in it well. John Robinson is the one who traded away A.J. Brown. He did help the Titans become a legitimate team and become one of the better teams in the AFC, so you got to give him his flowers. But that was a pretty insane move and one that kind of charted the downfall of the Titans. And then, obviously, the Chiefs have the worst receiving core for any team not named the Patriots. So, obviously, they've still built a great defense. The Chiefs have a history of success. I'm not going to act like that hasn't been the case, but their receiving core, outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, has not been good for years. It's It was great, obviously, when they had Hill and Kelsey because you had to defend two juggernauts, and it made everybody else better, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes. Then you started to see last year they were still good, but they were just a yak machine. It was Travis Kelsey doing his thing, and Juju, obviously, was their leading receiver as more of an underneath target. And then you got some occasional deep shots to Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who would also drop and stuff. So, I, you know, just to put things into perspective, uh, the other names that we didn't mention are names where I would have hesitation for a team that really needs to rebuild on offense. Yep. Um no no doubt um and i want to i i'm not i this isn't a matter of you know uh pushing back on a report i just want to be clear the phrasing of this tweet is not reporting that they're interested in these people it is simply saying here's guys who make sense it's a list these are ties guys with ties to the patriots so we've yet to know where they're going uh or who they're going with one Mm -hmm. would lead you to believe and again this is the kind of weird backwards nature of coach first gm second is um you know it I think it strongly indicates internal hire um, because, you know, you feel like it might have been pre-vetted and I don't think they've talked to anybody anymore. And, you know, the bill news has just happened. Doesn't mean you're not bringing in other people. But again, you've created a situation where a GM is coming in and doesn't get to pick their coach, which is less than ideal. So, uh, you know, you're already starting. I'm not going to say from behind. Starting with a guy like Mayo may be uh, positive for some people and be like, that's who I would have picked too. I love this guy. I think he's great. But some people might be like, I look, I really needed my own guy and my own mm-hmm. vision. I, so I, I, I'm not interested. So it leads you to believe that it might be uh, potentially um, 
an internal uh, situation, which again, we're talking about, you know, Trey here as, as the, as the primary though, a guy like Ziegler who was recently here might've already been on board, you know, with the understanding that Mayo is going to be the guy and they have a relationship. So I could see something like that, someone in their recent past, but also important cold, to remember that Bill could take somebody as well because yes. he needs the GM wherever he goes. A so total cold call name. I that's I wonder whether Bill's going in with full power or or nothing uh, in his next place too. Uh, you th- you think Bill's listening to someone? I don't know, but d- different conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Different conversation that we'll have uh, another time. Couple of programming notes uh, as we kind of bring you the breaking news. And if you're jumping in now, obviously you know the news. Um, Patriots are uh, set to hire Gerard Mayo as their next head coach, 37 years old. He'll be the youngest head coach in NFL history, which is amazing. He's only a couple months younger than Sean McVay, who just finished his seventh season. So it's just banana land. You forget because McVay's been around so long, he's almost retired already, and he's not even 37. (laughs) He thought about it, too. I know. He's almost retired a couple times, and and it's bananas that he was the youngest coach until, like, you know, an hour ago. Uh, a couple of programming notes. Uh, Taylor is going to be talking to Chad Graf uh, mm-hmm. later today. Is it noon, did we say? Um, I'm going to get back to him because this kind of threw a wrench in the plans a little bit. So we're going to connect again. But it's going to be sometime this afternoon uh, before 5. Okay, before five. so uh, Chad Graf had a, a really interesting kind of behind-the-scenes look at the stories uh, and maybe kind of some of the not-so-happy vibes behind-the-scenes at Foxborough that made it we're not going to go as far as to say toxic, but, but made it kind of like not as great a place to work or to be around in an environment where people weren't happy necessarily. And obviously when you mix, I don't love going to work with, I'm not getting paid, not getting paid well, but I'm not getting the results either. It, it turns into what it turned into. And I think the combination ultimately uh, is one of the reasons things kind of went the way they went and why it moved so quickly and why Kraft probably had made his mind up that, yeah, I can only take one more season of Bill if we're not going to get the results because we he knows the things that aren't great, but the greatness, the great things were so great, you'll tolerate it for, you know, forever. But it's a results business. This is how it works everywhere, Taylor. You, I, you know, you work somewhere, you got some diva a, a reporter like yourself who's awesome, I'll tolerate. No, I'm just kidding. But you got <laughs> you see that happen. The guys who are the stars get star treatment. And uh, and you you look the other way on a lot of things until they stop getting the results, and then all those other things are the reason that they're not around anymore. That's fine. Uh, one program note we know for sure coming up right after this at ten o'clock. Andrew Callahan is going to go live on this channel. Uh, Boston Herald's Andrew Callahan, who also has had a couple of outstanding, multiple outstanding reports throughout the course of the season, it really has a good understanding and handling uh, of. Uh, this kind of what's been going on in Foxborough, talked to a ton of people, uh, has reported a lot, knows a lot on spec and, and, you know, can provide a ton of context on how things got to where they were and how things got to where they are. And he's bringing on uh, Michael Hawley, who is probably the closest thing uh, we have and might be the the preeminent Bill Belichick historian uh, on the planet right now. He's spent the majority of his life covering uh covering the Patriots. He's written books on Bill. He spent time with him. He knows him well. Uh, it's a really interesting conversation. You absolutely want to stick around uh, for that. Uh, coming up at 10 o'clock, we'll remind you guys again, but uh, we'll roll as close to that as possible. Jump off. Those guys will jump on uh, and take it from there. So you want to keep the talk going. Listen to a couple of guys who really have some really good inside uh, dirt on that stuff. Hang here on this channel at 10 o'clock. Watch that podcast live. It's going to be great. Um, I did want to ask a couple other questions here, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I know it's early and we're just now trying to put pieces together. Mayo's the guy and they have this. Who's coming back? And In start, terms of the coaching staff. And start yep. with the big boys. So yesterday at Belichick's, uh, at is Belichick Steve Belichick going to be the DC? That's what I want to know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's. I mean, I, I would I would assume he's going to go with his dad. But um, the people who were at Bill and I'm Robert Kraft's press conference, yeah, were uh, cornerbacks coach Mike Pellegrino, former lacrosse player. I he's such a good coach. I really I'm almost in denial, but he's probably going to end up following Bill. Uh, defensive line coach Demarcus Covington was there. So I think like anybody who was in that room, or also Bill O'Brien was there to be fair, but I think those two guys in terms of members of the defensive staff, that was pretty telling. Um, I think Bill O'Brien, though, was still under contract. And with Josh McDaniels obviously being a free agent, it's almost a lock that he's going to become Bill's offensive coordinator. So I think Bill O'Brien stays. Um, but from there, it's kind of – you don't really know from the offensive coaches because – that wasn't Mayo's side of the ball. He probably didn't have really strong relationships with them. Uh, obviously, the Belichicks aren't going to be there. I think Demarcus Covington stays. I think maybe he becomes your new defensive coordinator officially, especially if Steve ends up going. Uh, but it, it's, it's really a tough call in terms of the offense or special teams because you don't know how Mayo feels. But defense, one that I feel pretty confident in is Demarcus Covington staying with a bigger title. But you, the rest of it, it's up in the air. You really just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Mm. Uh, you don't know. I, I guess the Bill, o, Bill O'Brien is the big domino. Um, I don't know how much he enjoyed his reunion with Belichick. I don't know how much Mayo thinks that he's the guy with the vision to drive things forward. I, I'm re- very curious uh, there what, what, what happens. I really and am. That's one thing. Whenever we end up uh, getting Gerard Mayo's press conference, I do want to ask him because as a head coach, you may not be in, you know, you may not be coaching special teams or offense, but you do need an overarching philosophy. Like you look at guys like a John Harbaugh, who has his background in special teams, or Mike Tomlin, who in his organization is more of a CEO, where he doesn't specifically coach offense, defense, or special teams. He runs everything. But with all those guys, you need some vision of what you want your team to be. Like on offense, do you want to modernize the offense? Do you want to be, you know, modern, ground and pound, or what have you? So I am going to ask Gerard Mayo, like, what would you like your offensive identity to be? Because that's going to end up uh, determining who he has as offensive coordinator, because Bill O'Brien's not really a big run guy. Like you saw, even when Mac was struggling, even when Zappy was in there, we expected they were just going to run, run, run. That was not the case. They were still uh, going downhill. I think they were like at best like middle of the pack to lower end of the spectrum in the league in terms of running the football, which is the opposite of what Josh McDaniels does. Usually they're like in the top 10 range. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of offense Gerard Mayo wants to run to complement his defense. Yep. No doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that's, I, I, I don't know. We don't know because you know what? Yeah. Like, we don't we don't know anything about Mayo other than the players like him and Kraft likes him. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing is, I you don't know what his philosophy is going to be. It, it is very interesting. Getting a chance to talk to Mayo um, is uh, uh, is important because, like, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. Who he want? What he wants this team to be? I'm sure he's going to say modernize and new NFL and speed and you know address the offense and this and that. But I, you don't know what he's going to want to do here, and he's going to be putting coaches and a staff in place. The one upshot to this, I'll say, Taylor, is if the decision was truly made early, and this is where again, I, look, I again, I don't like to 
crap on copy or people's stories of what went out, but there was a lot of craft planted, um, you know, stuff reported that made everything seem bad. Then there was one thing reported that probably came from Bill's, uh, you know, that said that Mayo's rubbing people the wrong way um, mm. and this and that. But <laughs> and, be and also, let's talk about the fact that Bill apparently iced Gerard Mayo out. Yes. He brought Gerard Mayo and onto the coaching staff no and him. Right. So I, when you say that, it does sound so, like that may have so been So I think that dynamic was probably odd and probably mm -hmm. caused some friction because there's a couple things. At the beginning of the year, Bel Belichick's walking around knowing that guy's taking my job. He's there already. You know, mm -hmm. it's the number one draft pick. And I'm the aging vet. At some point or another, they're going to put this guy in. I just don't know when. Uh, and, Jimmy. <laughs> and that that could get icy. But two, Mayo has probably known. He's no, he knew he was the next head coach. He's probably known since Germany. He's the next head coach next year. Um, and that probably added to the icy dynamic. But on the plus side, I will say it it may have contributed to him having put a ton of thought into where he wants to go, who he wants to talk to and what he wants to do. This isn't a guy who found out five days ago that the Patriots job, you know, uh, two days ago, find out the Patriots job is opening, comes in cold for an interview and then is scrambling to find a few of his buddies to come in and put a staff together. Mayo's mm -hmm. probably had a great amount of time to think yeah. about this and wouldn't be stunned if he's already had some, put some feelers out, talk to some people on the side and like, Hey, when this goes down, are you with me? So I wonder yeah. if that's the case. And I wonder if he's prepared to move quickly again, all speculative, but, because a succession plan was written into a contract, because Mayo's always known that that job's probably going to him, and because he's probably known it's going to him sooner than later, and honestly probably knew this year, as we said early, it's interesting. Uh, it's yeah, very and that's what I was saying yesterday. Where it would seem odd, where one, if he is now, we actually know that it was in his contract, so really we can actually talk about it. It would be odd also if Robert Kraft didn't try to give him the little nudge of like, all right. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're talking to people. It just, it would be very odd if he ends up going in the office. He's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Also, Gerard Mayo, we know like his, his expansive background in different fields. I'm sure that he is, I mean, we already know he's a great, great in terms of preparation because they used to call him like Bill Jr. Like when he was a player, he was considered the player version of Bill, except, you know, with charisma and more of a personality. So, yeah, I, I would be surprised if Mayo is like coming in here cold, not knowing how he wants to fill out the staff or who he wants to retain or potentially bring in. Yeah. Um, I, now I'm going to float a name. Um, you didn't like this name, but I'm floating it anyway. You didn't like a Belichick McDaniels reunion. Do you like a Mayo McDaniels reunion? Um, and, and I'll tell it. you why. It, it, you know, uh, the Belichick McDaniels is maybe continuity of like running back something that worked a few years ago. Maybe it won't work again with McDaniels. What you might have is head coaching experience and someone to bring in potentially as an assistant head coach um, with the understanding. McDaniels is no longer a threat. McDaniels has to know he's never going to get another head coaching job again. How he flamed out spectacularly twice and left the Colts at the altar. He's No one will ever, 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 ever look to him. And he has to accept that his path is assistant. Um, mm -hmm. And where better to do it than the place that you've, you know, called home with the understanding that like, I'm okay being a lifetime, you know, back up here. And maybe mm -hmm. he could come in here and provide a little bit of stability and whatever he has learned from coaching um, to have another guy whose only role is 
here's some of the stuff that head coaches also do, Gerard. And here's some stuff I can take off your plate, Gerard. Um, mm-hmm. it, do you think that that's possible? I I do. Uh, obviously, this is assuming that maybe Bill O'Brien like each other. I have no else. idea, but right, it, it I, 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 in my I, mind is something that I, makes a little bit more sense now uh, than before. But honestly, I might even consider doing it and bringing in a new OC to learn under McDaniel's, who has his own vision and not O'Brien. But again, I don't know how it's going to go. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a problem with the idea of McDaniels coming back. It was more McDaniels if he's working with Bill O'Brien, because that seemed a little weird. The last time those two worked together was when it was clear that McDaniels is taking over for O'Brien because he went off to uh, coach yeah. at Penn State. And McDaniels so, might just follow Bill to his next job, too, and make it easy, you know. So right. it might not happen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the offensive situation, again, is very strange because we don't know what Mayo's philosophy is, if he wants to modernize, if he wants to go. If he wants to go ground and pound and all that stuff, then, yeah, I think McDaniels is your guy (laughs) because he's the guy who loves having a fullback. He's the one who will run the ball and try to protect a young quarterback, Uh, whereas, you know, Bill O'Brien is more, he has an expansive drop back passing game when he has a quarterback who can execute it. He likes to throw the ball. Um, So, you know, depending on what flavor you want, or if Mayo says, hey, I don't really have a very close relationship with these guys, period. I want to bring in somebody who I like from around the league, who I have some connection with. Um, But yeah, I mean, if he brings back McDaniels, he's proven that he's a very good offensive coordinator. He just needs to be kept on his side of the ball and not be going around talking yeah. to people or telling people about, you know, as as we're not being the big guy in charge and having those kinds of conversations because that's where he starts losing people and people start complaining about it publicly. I wonder. I wonder. I actually see some merit to that, even though I think like the bet, you know, if you were to, you know, if uh, if if FanDuel were taking uh, bets here um, on on this, I would guess that following bill to his next destination is, is going to go i'm also going to go flat out and project predict that bill goes to washington and it happens very quickly and he drafts two he drafts a new quarterback at two ahead of three and if you have no faith in who bill belichick is drafting you actually want him at two drafting there wouldn't it be great if bill goes up to two and drafts joe alt oh my god you want to get a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, one other thing I want to tell you about again, Pat's Interference Podcast is coming up in a couple of minutes. Taylor and I are about to jump to give them a little bit of time to get in here into the room and set up. Uh, so again, Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald, um, terrific reporter. And as we said, uh, it really has a lot of the inside scoop on what's been going on here. Uh, going live at 10 a.m. with Michael Hawley, who, as we said, has been covering and writing about Bill Belichick for half his life, uh, is going to be able to provide some outstanding insight here uh, as the, um, uh, you know, as like I said, kind of a de facto Bill Belichick historian, which he very much is. Um, wrapping it up here, Patriots are going to hire Gerard Mayo as their next head coach. News coming just barely 24 hours after letting after the mutually parting of ways with Bill Belichick, which really was not. It was a firing. Bill Belichick was Mm -hmm. fired by Robert Kraft. And uh, Robert Kraft not only wanted to fire Bill, he really wanted to hire Mayo. And this this is a done deal. Uh, And it was headed this way, and now it's here. So, again, as Taylor said, very interesting when we talk to Gerard uh, next week and see what he has to say. I think it'd be great. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, get his perspective on how things are going to go and stuff's going to happen fast and furious GM staff hires X, Y, and Z. One of the great things about having a succession plan, Taylor, everyone else is still interviewing. You get your first crack at bringing people in. So Gerard can go run out there and, you know, he's the first one out into the apple orchard. He can just start picking stuff off the trees, you know? Uh, 
So that's kind of a positive thing. They do have a little bit of a jump. Their season's over. They're not in the playoffs. They're not messing around. So he can start to assemble things and get organized and get ready. Um, but you feel like that GM domino is the next one to fall. Uh, uh, so we'll see what it has. Uh, in a minute or less, closing thoughts here so we can jump out and give these guys a chance to jump in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I again, I'll just wrap it up with I know that there's speculation and some people may – you know, be turned off by the inexperience with the fact that you're staying in the Belichick tree, but Gerard Mayo is his own person. He is very, very different. I think this is an exciting move. I think it brings youth. I think it brings a better form of communication. I, I think there's a lot of things that this organization has been lacking in terms of leadership um, from their head coach that Mayo will provide. We don't know what his weaknesses are quite yet. Those, I mean, no one's perfect, so we'll see how that turns out, but I'm excited for the future. This is a, this is a good move in my opinion. Yep. I, someone just floated something that hadn't really popped in my head until now because the Jets have already <clears> said <throat> that their coaching staff is safe. But, man, I do wonder if any team out there is like, yeah, I want Bill. I'm going to fire my guy now, even though I said he was safe. And I wonder if the Jets is just so in, – in I believe – we talked about some of the things that Bill did being slightly, slightly too very petty during the course of this year. Man, would teaming up with, you know – you know, Mr. Big Hug Aaron Rodgers uh, and, uh, and 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 trying to stick it to the Patriots for two more years and get that win record uh, where you have a 12.5% chance that that's going to come against <clears throat> the Patriots, you know, ish, because uh, you play them twice a year. That would be something I hadn't really considered. But I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring because it has been like kind of implied that there could be a team that's going to fire their head coach that hasn't yet. Yeah. I think if that's the Cowboys – and Mike McCarthy ends up not doing too well in the playoffs, I think we could see Belichick go there because that's a juggernaut. That's a team that he could immediately take to the Super Bowl. So uh, that's, that's an interesting – and I've heard McCarthy – a first-round exit changes a lot uh, of that equation too, and you're right. There are some people who will not tolerate, uh, you know – uh, quick playoff exits because expectations were a lot higher than that uh, for this year. I don't know whether Nick Sirianni is on the hot seat in Philly after mm. what went down there too. So there's more out there and we've already got seven vacancies right now. It would not be stunning to see one or two more coming out seven or eight. It's insane right now. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. We're going to wrap uh, Pat's interference. As we said, coming right up uh, Andrew Callahan and, uh, Michael Holly will be jumping on here and going live. Uh, my, my guess is since it's 9.59, might be a minute or two late, but we're going to jump um, and we're going to give these guys a chance. So honestly, like, go to the bathroom, go get a coffee, um, and jump right back on here. There's a lot more Patriots talk uh, coming up. We thank you guys for joining us now for a second day uh, uh, in, a, in a row uh, with this breaking news, you know. Uh, and I got to thank my man Amit. Super producer, there might be three of him. You know what we're gonna find out, <laughs> and none I'm, of them sleep. <laughs> one day I'm gonna I'm gonna see like two omits, and I'm gonna be like, I freaking knew it, because there's no way there's just one of this guy. You know, based on what he does from morning all the way through the night for us, absolute MVP. Uh, you know, of CLNS Media, and I'll say it. Uh, you know, he he won it unanimously this year. And I don't I honestly think I'm just going to name the trophy after him uh, rather than bother awarding it to anybody next year. Uh, really uh, spectacular stuff uh, from Amit. And I cannot thank him enough uh, for just answering the bell every time we've got breaking news, morning, noon, and yeah. night. Uh, maybe now we can rest a little bit and we'll have a peaceful weekend before shit starts to get real all over again. <laughs> Uh, but again, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for joining us. Pat's Interference coming up at 10. 
please subscribe, turn on your notifications. Cause if you do drift off and forget, ding, a little bell's going to go off and it's going to remind you that we're live. We definitely could use the subs and the likes and all of that stuff. Um, and it helps us get that content out to you and we can keep pumping it out for free, which is what we always want to do. So thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you, Taylor. Follow Taylor's reporting all day. Taylor, as we said, is going to have a lot more stuff with Patriots Daily mm -hmm. coming up. Uh, in, uh, another edition of Patriots Daily with his boy, uh, Chad Graff. Again, excellent reporter for The Athletic. Also has been... Um, really reporting on some of the behind the scenes stuff. So the coverage will not stop. And if you missed it, we rolled out a bunch of stuff yesterday too. Greg Bedard gave his take. Um, you know, Taylor's done some reporting from Foxborough. There's a lot of other things on the on the channel that you want to check out. So scroll through, check it out, and uh, stay with us for past interference coming right up. See you guys.